Welcome to the Health Perspectives Podcast. This is your host, Christy Moore. And welcome to our continued series of what to expect. We are, I think, nearing our last uh, edition of this little focus. And today is a great focus. We're going to be talking about our little babies, our sweet babies who need a little extra care in our NICU or neonatal intensive care unit. And so today we have two guests to talk to us. One is Brittany Smith. She is our NICU director for NGMC Gainesville and Brazelton. And also Aubrey Williams, who works with our neonatal intensive care unit community outreach. And we were talking a little bit before we started the podcast, you know, Community outreach can mean a lot of things. So let's just talk a little bit more about your role and what that really means. So what I do is I work with uh, pre-hospital births and the EMS workers and the paramedics and work with transport services and simulation and training with them. I also work with our region's hospitals and the hospitals that we serve with their education and any way that we can support and serve them and with any resources that they might need um, so that their families know what to expect when their infants come to us um, or if they might need some education or any kind of simulation that we can better prepare them with. Uh, We also, uh, I coordinate NRP and stable for our um, center and for our region. We do have um, uh, universities and our um, technical colleges around here that we do NRP and simulation for. Um, And then I also work with our quality improvement projects and um, I still work as a bedside nurse and put in picks as I need to as well um, here in the unit. Um, So you just do a few things, just a few. (laughs) End all beat all. (laughs) (laughs) Now let me clarify one thing. Were you saying NRP? Did I understand you correctly? NRP, so neonatal resuscitation provider. So um, it's the advanced cardiac life support um, for adults. Yes. Um, it's the it's the extra stuff for babies. Gotcha. It's the extra life saving stuff for babies. Sometimes families know that their child is going to need that extra care, but not always, right? Yeah, yeah. not always. That's what yeah. we're here for. Yeah. No one ever per- prepares to come to the NICU. No doubt. So can you talk a little bit about that, either one of you, just about what the neonatal intensive care unit really is, what types of things um, you guys take care of? Yes. So um, in the neonatal intensive care unit, we care for babies who are born premature, which means that they were born before their due date. We also care for babies who maybe were born around their due date, but however, may be a little bit sick. So sometimes babies are born and they're not always well enough to stay with moms. And if that's the case, then we have a location for them to come to where we can take care of them. So it may be that they have issues with their blood sugar. It could be issues that they have breathing. It could be because they were born premature before their due date. So there's a lot of varying causes that it 
can be, but just to know that there's somewhere that we have people who are trained and dedicated to be able to care for their baby, whether, um, you know, they're premature or if they're having some issues after birth. And so we've had this NICU for quite a number of years, right? Yes, ma'am. That's what I was thinking, because it seems like I recall sometimes there are NICU reunions and these grown-up people come back and they were once cared oh, for. absolutely. Yeah. We do, and that's really great. We um, are currently a Level 3 facility in Gainesville, and we are a Level 2 facility in Brazelton. And we do, um, before COVID, we did have a lot of reunions. It was amazing that we could get together and see a lot of our graduates. We actually had a reunion that had over 200 previous graduates at one of our, our reunions a couple years ago. Wow. That's incredible. It was. I hope one day we can actually go back to that and have another one. Oh, yeah. Me too. So the the two hospitals that have NICUs are Gainesville and Brazelton, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, gotcha. So what about when a baby has to go in the NICU? Um, can the parents visit and how what's that really look like sure so after a baby is born if the baby has to come to the NICU we do allow mom and the other band holder as we call it whether that be a significant other or a spouse or a grandparent or family friend whoever the mom chooses to have the second band both of those band holders can visit their baby uh, in the NICU we do not have set visiting hours so they can be there anytime day or night Um, which is really great Um, and so they're able to visit their baby um, pretty much when they want to that's great it is it's their baby we're just there to help take care of them yeah that makes a lot of sense so one question people might have about that is could they spend the night even if they wanted to or needed to the parent That's a great question. So in Gainesville, our rooms are set up. We have um, two chairs. We have a rocker and a chair. However, we really don't have a bed for them to sleep on. Mm -hmm. So we do tell them if they come at night. So obviously there may be times you want to be there with your baby at night, whether you're in the hospital or after you've been discharged. And you can definitely come and stay. We just don't have a place for them to lay down and sleep. So we unfortunately can't allow them to fall asleep because we don't want them to have an injury falling out of a chair. But we do want to make sure that they know if it's convenient for them to come during the night that they can stay um, and and take care of their baby because their baby will be eating or having what we call touch times which means that's a good time for them to get involved and actually learn the care of their baby and so they would be able to do that that is great what about when a mom needs to breastfeed her baby and the child is in the NICU that's fine too yes Mm ma'am so sometimes babies are born premature which means they were born before their due date and sometimes they're not quite old enough to learn how to breastfeed quite yet however we do have strategies that we work with the babies and moms so that mom can do skin to skin Um, So even if the baby is too little to be able to breastfeed directly, we have that available so that they can have their baby on their chest. Um, We encourage moms to pump. We have lactation consultants who are dedicated to help moms with direct breastfeeding as well as pumping at home. And sometimes you will have um, moms who do have to pump because their babies aren't quite old enough to physically be able to suck, swallow, and breathe in order to direct breastfeed. But once they get older, we do encourage that and we have private locations for them to be able to breastfeed their babies in both um, Gainesville and in Brazelton. Good to know. Good to know. 
And just to give us a feel for the how big this NICU is, about how many babies do we care for here either in Brazelton or in Gainesville? Sure. So in Gainesville, our average actually daily census for our NICU babies is around 26 to 28 babies. We actually have enough beds to provide up to 35 babies in Gainesville. We have enough space to provide up to 17 beds in Brazelton, and they have about an average daily census of six to eight babies. I know when we were speaking earlier, you mentioned that one is a is a level three and the other one, I think, was a level two. Yes, ma'am. Can you talk a little bit more just about what the differences are in those levels? Sure. So in Gainesville, we are considered a level three. And what that means is in Gainesville, we typically will take care of babies who may be critically ill. So that means that they may need advanced respiratory supports maybe they are on a ventilator Um, we do have um, respiratory um, equipment that actually is a higher level than a ventilator and so if that's the case we can provide that Um, if they're at Brazelton they can actually be on a ventilator usually about up to 24 hours Um, and once they are still maybe requiring that ventilator support sometimes they will be transferred to Gainesville if they are going to be on it for an extended period of time especially if they're born extremely premature before their birth their birthday is due Um, and in Gainesville we're able to continue a little bit higher support gotcha so I would imagine Aubrey, your job when you're speaking to the hospitals around the region is probably a nonstop job because people change their positions, different people come in and out of different roles. So you've always got to be letting people know um, what services we have and how to access them, I would imagine. Yes and no. Um, it's That's the amazing part about being a community hospital. Um, People have stayed in their positions. Um, Like I can reach out to Union General and she has been there for quite a few years. I mean, Brittany has been at Northeast Georgia for 15 years. I've been here for almost 11 years now um, because that's the beauty of this community hospitals is that's where we live. It's where we're from. It's our home. Um, so, uh, I actually do know them and reach out to the transport and the community, the availability of resources here at Northeast Georgia as well. I've been able to, um, network, um, with like Jackie at trauma services and who, whoever her networks are and, and, um, resources are, I can reach out to them as well at, at the other communities, uh, hospitals as well. So, it's um, it's pretty neat to have those yeah resources. Yeah, I mean relationships are mm-hmm. what it's all about. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. That's good. So I'm just trying to think of it from a perspective of the moms listening or the families listening. Even dads would probably have some of these questions as well. So if a if you are getting ready to go home, but your baby still needs that NICU care, and say you're in Gainesville, but you live in Brazelton, can babies be transferred between the NICUs? 
typically we try not to transfer them back like that. Um, It's very rare that we do. Um, One thing that we do try to do is if we have a mom who comes into Brazelton and mom is extremely premature, meaning that the baby may be born um, several weeks before the due date, um, depending on what type of care we think that baby may need, sometimes we will transfer mom to Gainesville, especially if they live closer and sometimes vice versa. But we typically, um, the location that mom chooses to deliver, we try to keep mom and baby at the same campus if all possible. And sometimes they may travel, um, but usually we try to keep them at the location that's near their house that they choose to deliver at. Are there um, support services for moms and families of NICU patients? I'm so glad you asked that question. We do offer a lot of resources, and we have a lot of team members that's part of what we call an interdisciplinary team. So with that comes, we have a family support coordinator. We have a women and children's dedicated chaplain. We have physical therapy. We have lactation consultants that do help mom with breastfeeding and pumping. We also have a NICU dietitian who specializes in ensuring that the babies will have appropriate growth um, with um, increased calories if needed with mom's milk or if there are certain types of formulas. We also may have um, speech therapy that can be offered if a baby meets those criteria. We also have um, occupational therapy that can be offered to at Brazelton as well. So we do have a large team. We have um, a lot of providers and also um, nurse practitioners and uh, physicians assistants that may be seeing their baby. Um, And both of those teams actually care for the babies at Gainesville and Brazelton, so you will see the same providers at both locations in the NICU. And then we also have peer recovery uh, support services for mothers with substance use disorder. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That was kind of in the back of my mind. I know, Brittany, you've been so involved in that and even have won awards um, for that service. Is there anything else you might want to share about that? Sure. So Aubrey and I have been working diligently with Georgia Council on Substance Abuse. And what that means is we have worked with um, peer recovery coaches with our moms. We've actually presented at um, state and also national and international conferences um, to really show that these moms that we have coming in, when they work with a peer coach, our peer coaches can help them in recovery, whatever that looks like for them, but they can actually help them with resources in the community that may they may not know is offered. And so it's just a really great peer support program. They walk through them with different phases, and we've been able to share that work not only in our region, but also at a state, national, and international national level. Well, congratulations to you both for on that work. I know that, I mean, mental and behavioral health is a huge um, health priority for us throughout um, NGHS and even among our community partners. And so just for our listeners to clarify, I mean, this is this is help for moms who have babies who are born addicted. And so that's a very um, difficult situation and the moms need a lot of support and so congratulations for that good work thank you yeah and these peer recovery coaches are not um, they're women in long-term recovery um, to help support moms um, whether moms choose to seek recovery or not it's completely up to them those peer recovery coaches are still there for their support um, until and still there to support them 
So um, it's a really neat program that we have and a, a resource. Very, very good program. Mm-hmm. So let's jump back for a minute when um, we were talking earlier about support services for moms and families of NICU patients. You mentioned speech um, speech services. Yes. Talk to us a little bit more about what that means, especially with little babies. Sure. So we have a speech language um, pathologist Mm -hmm. that works with us. She's actually from CHOA, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, and she specializes in this. And so what she does is she does assessments and works with the babies to determine how um, they're sick. Um, their motor skills, their oral motor skills are to determine if they're ready to be able to um, eat and do direct breastfeeding or take a bottle. Um, And so she's actually able to identify that. And if we have a baby who maybe is having some issues with um, breastfeeding or bottle feeding, she also is certified and can actually evaluate that baby to see if further testing may be needed. And so she works um, really well with um, feeding the babies, working with moms and and then also being able to evaluate to make recommendations regarding the feeding. So even that early on, they can sort of uh, identify where there might be future issues. And Oh, yeah. She can evaluate mm-hmm. infants before they even start feeding. And she does. And it's we do consults bef- for, for infants born before 32 weeks. Wow. So it's called speech pathology, but it's also looking at like you said, those feeding behaviors, mm-hmm. the ability mm-hmm. to to use their mouth and absolutely yes. okay, very good. Learn something new every day. I do want to make mention too of a resource that we have. Um, when you know you're getting ready to take your baby home from the NICU, we also offer rooming in rooms. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is if you're getting ready to finally take your baby home and let's say your baby's been in the NICU for a little bit, we have a room for both you and your band holder, whether that's your spouse or, um, you know, significant other or grandparent for you to room in with your baby um, one night or possibly a couple nights before they're scheduled to go home. And we offer that room so that they, are truly able to feel comfortable before they go home make sure that they have all the education they need and that they truly feel like you know they know their baby and can say you know when when we go home I know what I'm supposed to do I know you know how much they're supposed to eat how long and and all of that information that comes along because sometimes our babies may have you know additional follow-ups that they may need after the NICU. Not all of them will, but some will. And so it's really great to know that we have that to offer. And they can room it in both Gainesville or Brazelton before discharge. That's really helpful. And it sounds like the staff are just so helpful and willing to answer any questions the parents have. But I'm sure, you know, like often happens you don't think of every question that you have while you're here is there a way for for patients and families to um call you after the fact if they have questions they can um they also can contact their pediatrician that they're following up with but Mm -hmm. if they do have specific NICU questions they are able to call the hospital and be transferred to the NICU and they will normally transfer them to uh, the NICU charge nurse at either location good So also, um, Aubrey has not only all of this professional experience, but she's got personal experience because she herself had 
twins, I believe, that yes. were NICU babies. So can you think back to that time and just kind of some of the emotions and thoughts that you went through, even having worked in this field? Like, what was it like for you? It was an interesting time. Um, it's coming in and knowing the field of NICU. Um, it's definitely different being on the other side. Um, being a part of Browns and talking with the doctor and or the nurse practitioner of the day to talk about orders and what the plan of care is for my babies was... Um, a different aspect because um, normally I'm the nurse that's helping make those decisions but I, I've got to be the parent that got to be in on those conversations um, having my husband there with me um, and you know we ensure that parents uh, watch a CPR video and that they demonstrate CPR um, and that they watch a purple cry video because um, infants go through a period of purple crying and my husband watched that videos or those videos and you know when my infant when my twins went through the period of purple crying he went this is what that video <laughs> talked about and I said yeah that's why I made you watch it <laughs> um and so just being on that other side it um and having it's a scary time but also mm -hmm. having the NICU nurses work with um, us on and my husband on teaching him how to change diapers because you know he listened better yeah. <laughs> when someone else was teaching him how to do it <laughs> um, and uh, it's hard but getting I got getting to sleep it's hard leaving the NICU but um, he pulled me away and we had dinners together it's being that parent and taking that time away um, it's it's something that you have to do as well. Yeah. Um, and I bet it just made you all the more compassionate and able to empathize with the patients that you care for sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a hard talk to have because moms, um, because the question you asked earlier of can you sleep at the bedside, it's, um, I, I just all want to tell every mom, no, like we can take care of your baby, yeah. go home and sleep. Yeah. Um, because I, I wanted to stay at the bedside. I wanted to stay there. I wanted to hold my babies. I wanted to be there 24 seven, but I knew my coworkers could take care of my children. Yes. Um, but he was like, no, we got to go home. We got to go to our bed. Yeah. We got to go to dinner. Um, he pulled me away. Um, and that was one of the most, um, important times that, we would never get back that yes. yes I had to leave my children at the hospital but I also got time with my husband to or with your support person to have those dinners and have yeah. sleep yeah um, but still be able to pump milk and have that that teaching time to, and learning time too yeah it probably just revived you for that next days of day of activity mm -hmm. and the things you had to do decisions yeah. to make yeah so how old are they now? Uh, they're two and a half. Oh, sweet. Fun. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Sweet when they want to be. <laughs> <laughs> so before we close out, I mean, we've talked about some great information, but is there anything else that is just burning on y'all's minds that you would like to share with the listening audience out there? I mean, I think I love where I work. I 
loved having my children here. I mean, I trust my coworkers. I would trust them again. Uh, do I want more children? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would trust them again and again with my own children and the providers and the nurse practitioners and all of the interdisciplinary team we have. Um, I, I mean, I've been here for almost 11 years and this is my home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't change it for anything. It's a special place, that's for sure. And I have to say, I agree with Aubrey. This is my home. Um, I always wanted to be a NICU nurse, and um, I'm still honored to be able to say that I still work in the NICU, and I'm very proud of our team. We have nurses who have been here over 30 years, Um, and I don't think that a lot of hospitals can always say that, but we have a lot of tenured staff in both locations, and they are both dedicated, and they are truly honored to be able to care for these babies, and they truly try to make connections with these families and it's such an amazing thing to be in the grocery store and somebody say hey I think I know you oh you I think you <laughs> took care of my baby in the NICU or hey does nurse Judy still work there or mm-hmm. nurse Nancy or whoever it is and and that is just it, it's it's truly it's just an exciting and, and it's just an honor to think that people still remember that and we enjoy that some of our families still come by or they send us Christmas cards um, it's just really nice Nice to know that even after all these years, sometimes people still remember um, the staff in the NICU and, and remember that. And, and, you know, it's still, even though it was a hard thing for them to go through, the fact that they can have, you know, a moment of joy when they talk about it, even though we know how hard it was for them. Um, and it's just, um, it's definitely an, an honor and, and such a, a experience. Oh, that's so nice. And, you know, that's true. When you really love what you do, it become, feels less like a job and more like a calling. And that's kind of the feel that I get from you guys, you nurses and all the people that work on the, the units like that. You really bring something special. So thank you. Thanks for all you do and for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks again, and you all, we will talk again on our next Health Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us.